Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week we focus on Castilian Spanish with soprano Vanessa Goicoechea. Our texts for today are the Zarzuela tenor aria, No Puede Ser, and one of my favorite Obrador songs, Al Amor. This week, we're concentrating on the differences between S, C, and Z, and the double L in Castilian Spanish. And I have to admit, I was pretty surprised at what I learned about it. It's really funny. One thing that's happened to me in the past when coaching some foreign singers in English is that because they speak English well enough to be understood, sometimes they think they have perfect diction as well. But as we've already proven here, our diction is often unknowingly affected by our native language, or even the native language of our teachers, no matter how good we are. It's happened a few times that I correct a singer's pronunciation in English, and they look at me and say, Are you sure? Hmm. <laughs> or they say, But my teacher in high school pronounced it like this. Hmm. <laughs> and then when I ask if their teachers were British or American, the answer is no. Now, I studied Spanish for the first time actually in junior high, which is almost 30 years ago now. And I, a lot of what I know about diction, I learned in that class from an American Spanish teacher. And I studied it again in college with some Spaniards, but until I bought Nico Castell's A Singer's Manual of Spanish Lyric Diction last year, I'd never actually studied the diction. I just went off of my own ears and experience, and mostly what I had learned in junior high. I'm telling you this because, I swear, I had a moment taping this episode where I was one of those awful, I know everything people. It just goes to show that no matter how much I think I know, I still need to continue to do my homework all the time. To find links to the texts for today, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first text today is No Puede Ser, an aria from the zarzuela La Tabernera del Puerto by Pablo Sorozabal. Zarzuela is the Spanish form of lyric drama. The name stems from King Philip of Spain's hunting lodge, Palacio de la Zarzuela, where this style of theater was first performed in 1657. The hunting lodge was actually named for the thick brambles that surrounded it, zarzas. No puede ser. Esa mujer es buena. No puede ser una mujer malvada. En su mirar como una luz singular, he visto que esa mujer es una desventurada. No puede ser una vulgar sirena que envenenó las horas de mi vida. No puede ser porque la vi rezar, porque la vi querer, porque la vi llorar. Los ojos que lloran no saben mentir. Las malas mujeres no miran así. Temblando en sus ojos dos lágrimas vi. Y a mí me ilusiona que tiemblen por mí. Viva luz de mi ilusión. Sé piadosa con mi amor, porque no sé fingir, porque no sé callar, porque no sé vivir. That was Vanessa Goicoechea reading No Puede Ser. I thought we would first start off talking about the difference between the S in, from Spain Spanish and the S in South American Spanish, because there is a difference, right? Yeah, in Spanish, uh, all our S, we, we say S. But the Latin American, they, they just see an, uh, a C, and then and just they say S too. But that's um, just like another Spanish dialect or something. Yeah. But um, S, 
as far as far as an S, and then C can be a K or a F. Yeah, just this both. Yeah, the, the, the theta sound. Yeah. So if we have the theta, we have with a Z, a Z is always a theta, right? Yeah. In Spain. Always, yeah. Rezar, luz. Yeah, so, so the Z is always that theta sound, mm -hmm. and we don't have any Cs in this word, in this text to, to talk about, but we'll have that in the next one. Yeah. What about, okay, so S is, 99% of the time, S is just an unvoiced S, just a regular yeah. S. What happens when an S comes before a voiced consonant? Es mala, es buena. Perhaps when, when I say es buena, I have to close then my mouth, and then it, it comes like a, like a whistle in this S. Mm -hmm. Es buena. I don't say es buena. Yeah. And it's a little more voiced. Yeah, just like a little bit, um, yeah, voiced, yeah. And this happens, it can happen within a word. Desventurada. Desventurada. Yeah, also there. <laughs> the problem is that I just speak in Spanish and I don't, I don't realize what, what I'm saying. Just like s or s. But yeah. Yeah, when, when I say así, mm -hmm. I just say s. Just a real s. Ojos. Ojos. Yeah. But then if the ojos is followed by the d, Ojos dos. Then it gets a little bit more voice, that S at the yeah. end of ojos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But if it's just plain intervocalic before uh, intervocalic... Ilusiona. No, yeah. Then there is no problem with the S. Yeah. So it's never voiced when it's <clears throat> intervocalic. No. What about the double L's? Oh, that's a very good question because I am coming from the Basque country mm -hmm. and we are able to say llorar, Oh. But if you go to Madrid, they don't say it. Mm -hmm. They just say llorar, yo. But I say llorar, llorar. So you actually say that L with the yeah, with in a, in a right form. And we we say it always when I see two L's, it's always the the same thing. Llorar and I don't know, un callar, lloran, callan, llorar. Yeah. yeah, but it should be like yeah, 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 because yeah. then there is no mm, difference between the l and j or or the um, y. That's the thing, right? If I say yendo, yendo, it's like going. We write it with with a y, and then I say yendo. I don't say yendo, yendo. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have to like make a difference between this. Two phonetic things. The two sounds. Yeah. How about the J? We actually get this often in this piece. Esa mujer. It's it's a back sound, right? It's not it's yeah. not mujer. It's mujer. No. It's mujer. Yeah. It's it's like on the bottom of our mm, your tongue. Yeah. Back in the throat. Tongue. Yeah. Is it the same? Mujer. Is it similar to the or is it the same as the German achlaut? Mujer achlaut. No. The achlaut is just a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Achlaut, mujer. It's between the ichlaut and achlaut. Yeah, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other question I had was these V's. I just wanted to hear these V's from, from okay. someone from Spain. Desventurada, he visto. Huh, it's a one between the V and V. Yeah, so it's not really a it's not really a V, it's not really a B, a B. it's between the it's like two. Between the both sounds. Mm -hmm. You know, just I just 
touch my teeth. He visto. No, I don't touch my teeth on the little lips. No. Yeah, just like a softly B. Yeah. So soft. Okay, so this was the part of the interview that I had my really moment. <laughs> I've never noticed any Spanish-speaking person say those double L's with an actual L in the sound, because I always thought that the double L is a phonetic J-glide, so I never listened closely enough. But after talking with Vanessa, I looked more closely again at my Nico Castel, and sure enough, he has an entire section dedicated to this issue of double L's versus Y where he states that in Spain, the double L should be pronounced like the GLI combination in Italian. The one difference is that in Italian, this E, the GLI combination, which we write phonetically as a lambda, is a doubled sound, but in Spanish, it's not lengthened at all. Even here, listening to Vanessa say the word several times, you can hear how light that L actually is. The sound that I was expecting her to say for the double L was another thing that Nico mentions in his book. Some people will say instead almost a phonetic D followed by a J-glide, llorar. And remember that Pablo Asante told us in Argentina they would make the double L that funky phonetic Z, so a Z, llorar. So it's always important to know the composer's background when singing in Spanish to get these fine points of the diction. And if you remember the last Spanish episode, I said that Castilian Spanish is known for its kind of whistly aspirate S. And I hope the recording is clear enough for you to hear that when Vanessa speaks. This same aspirate S sound is also used in the Greek language. One thing to remember about the S, since we study so much Italian, and as good students we learn to voice that intervocalic S, notice that this doesn't happen in Spanish. That voiced S, a phonetic Z, only happens with an S before a voiced consonant. And even there, you can hear how light that sound is. It's not something I would extend as much as I would have voiced S in Italian. When S is in a vocalic here, it's always an S, as we said in Illusion and Piadosa. Our second text today is Al Amor from Fernando Obradors. According to Wikipedia, this poem is actually a translation done by Cristobal de Castillejo based on a poem by the ancient Roman poet Catalus. Some of Castillejo's other poems appear in German translation in the Spanishes Liederbuch. Al amor. Dame amor besos sin cuento. Has sido de mis cabellos. Y mil y ciento tras ellos, y tras ellos mil y ciento. Y después, de muchos millares, tres. Y porque nadie los sienta, desbaratemos la cuenta. Y... Contemos al revés. That was Vanessa Goicochea reading Al Amor. Al Amor. Faster syllables, this is not Italian. Al Amor. So, Al Amor. <laughs> <laughs> and since in the first, since in No Puede Ser, we talked about the Z being like a theta, I thought we'd show the examples here where the C, the letter C, is like a theta. Yes. When I say ciento, I, I just say this theta sound. Because we have a C and then an I and E. Mm -hmm. And then it's, we have to say but when I have, let's say, an, a C and then a U, I have to say cuenta. So it's like ca. Yeah, so it, it's, it becomes a K sound. Yeah, becomes a K, yeah. So a C and it's a C followed by an I or an E, right? Or an E, yeah. When I say cenicero 
Yeah, here we have cenicero. C E. Oh. Yeah, C then we have both of them. C-E-C-I. Yeah. -E -C -C that's the thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cenicero or Cenicienta. The, the, the same thing. Yeah. And in Cuenta... It's a just, U. That's a U. Or we have ca, casa, or oh. coche. Coche, yeah, yeah, for a car. Yeah. Or contemos. Contemos, exactly. That we have in the al amor. And actually, this K sound is also the Q-U, right? Yes, it's always k, porque. So it's there's never a qu that we would, we would no. say qua. It's always no. cu then. Yeah, it's always cu. Just to compare that to the Italian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had talked in the other piece about those intervocalic v's and the this that soft mm -hmm. v sound that we got, yes. and, and we have it in this piece yes. too. In revés. Mm-hmm. But we also find it with a with the letter b. It can be the same thing, right? Desbaratemos. Yeah, because I have this s. And then it's like disturbing my B, mm -hmm. my B, and then I just, I don't talk it so hardly, just like, desbaratemos, I just touch my, Your lips. my lips, and the same thing with revés, but I think that with revés, it's just um, a, little, uh, a little bit less. A little bit softer. Yeah, softer than with desbaratemos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As opposed to when, when, for example, when a B or a V would start a word. Like if you wanted to say uh, the word for good in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Bueno. Then it actually is a yeah, B Yeah, it's sound. like a explosive. B. Yeah. Bueno. And what about if you would say the word for truth in Spanish? Verdad. La verdad. La ver when I want to say verdad... Yeah, it depends on how do you say verdad. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's like the true or the true. Mm -hmm. La verdad. Just then I I close my lips a, a, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But it's not a B and, <laughs> and, and it's not a verdad no, between <laughs> yeah. between these sounds. What we, should have, what we should have talked about, actually, let's talk about it now. When, uh, when a D is in the middle of a word here, it's, it's a little bit softer than yeah, when it starts soft. something. Yeah, very soft. Puede. I don't say, uh, I don't say puede. Puede. Yeah, or when it's intervocalic here too, even if it starts a word. Desventurada. Una desventurada. Then it's it's still a little softer, right? Yeah, una desventurada. As opposed to in this piece, where it actually starts the sentence. Da, mi amor. Then yeah. it's really a D sound, right? It's like a doppia for the, for the Spanish thing. Yeah. <laughs> dame, but dame. Yeah, it's like the tongue is touching the... The high teeth, or yeah, yeah. Just so it really gets a hard D yeah. sound, mm -hmm. as opposed to that softer th yeah. that we get in puede. puede. Yeah, and the same thing actually in the first piece Malvada. too. Malvada, yeah, Malvada. Yeah, just a little touch on my teeth. Just to recap a little, the letter C will become that phonetic theta in Castilian Spanish only when it's followed by the letters I and E, as in the word for, for heaven or sky, cielo. If we compare that to Italian, those are the same two vowels that soften the C to a CH sound in Italian, as in cielo, so the rule should be easy to remember. Otherwise, just as in Italian, a C followed by A, O, or U will be a phonetic K. But unlike Italian, QU in Spanish is also just a phonetic K. In Italian and in English, we would have a W glide after it as well, as in quiet or cuando, but not in Spanish. 
With very few exceptions, QU will be followed by the letters I or E, so it basically serves the same function as the CHI or CHE in Italian. It just hardens that K sound. And just to remind you about those soft C's and Z's, while in Castilian Spanish these are both the phonetic theta, the, the unvoiced TH, in South America and Mexico they're just both an S, the same as the letter S. And we almost forgot to talk about the letter D. Remember that when it's not initial in a phrase, the D becomes a phonetic delta, so a voice TH sound, which I think was very clear when Vanessa was saying verdad. But when it is initial, as we heard in dame, then it hardens to a regular phonetic D, but still dental. Don't forget that all T's and D's in Spanish are dentalized, and just as in most of the Romance languages, there should be no explosion of air after any consonants. So all that stuff I said last week about spitting out German consonants doesn't work this week. Vanessa Goicoechea, a native of Durango in the Basque region of Spain, studied at the Escuela de Canto Superior in Madrid and the Hochschule für Musik und Theater in Munich. In Spain, she performed with the RTVE Choir, a professional television chorus. Currently, Vanessa is in the Young Artist Program at the Zemper Oper in Dresden. So back in the, in the day, Franco had stopped all of the other languages. We always think of Spaniards as only speaking Spanish or Catalan, which is the other sort of or major language. Gallego. <laughs> <laughs> or Andaluz. <laughs> See, but we don't hear about those, and we also don't hear about the language that you learned as a Basque yeah. growing up, which is? Euskera. Yeah, just we, we speak this language, and we actually, we actually don't know where it comes from. No? It's no. not related to anything around <laughs> no. there? And it has nothing to do with Spanish or with Catalanish, because the Catalanish is like Spanish, but... With different sounds and with um, influencias, so like influences. Yeah, influences from French and Spanish and Italian. I think so. Mm -hmm. Still, so it's still a very romantic language. Yeah. but the Euskera is like um, I just compare it like with uh, yeah Hungarian or Russian or Russian or something. I don't know where where it comes from. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I have to say that it's a lovely a lovely language. And we have just a lovely music. Really, there's a, there's folk. a lot of music. <laughs> folk music, folk music. Yeah, just I I sung like two three concerts in Spain just mm -hmm. with this Basque music, mm -hmm. and they love it because it's like our music. Yeah, can you name us any composers that we should or or songs that we should look for? Guridi, very good composer, and Aita Donostia, and there is a lot of music for for choir. Oh, cool! A lot of music. Yeah, very nice music. What are the problems that a native Spanish speaker has when they start learning German when it comes to learning the language? Because now as a Spaniard living here in Germany and having studied in Germany, have there been things that have been tough as a Spanish-speaking person? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> On the very beginning I couldn't say anything else. So in um, German, and I cried so oh. much because I didn't... Uh, I wasn't understand. able to, to speak anything and to understand, but then uh, just I, I just did intensive course and then just talking with the people and <laughs> with a lot of passions, here exactly. I am, <laughs> in Dresden. <laughs> are there sounds that are tougher? Is, are the, the vowels hard? or mm, They are not very hard for me because um, in Basque we have this ch, sh, k, 
we have all that. Yeah. That's like easier for me. Yeah. Than for um, from Andalusia. And then the, when when they come to to Germany, it's like what? what what's a car? What's a t? What's a ch? Yeah. <laughs> Just like they they get so confused. But yeah, it was yeah, easier for me because mm -hmm. I'm from the Basque country and we have this phonetic, phonetic sounds. Yeah. And how about the vowels? Because in Spanish we only get those certain five vowels. Or, yeah. Was it tough getting some of those o uh and uhs and all of those fun sounds? Yeah. Yeah. Because the 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 long and the the short ones, when when I sing the long ones, they say no, <laughs> sing the longer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because Spanish, all the syllables are the same length. Yeah, yeah, they're just like short. Yeah, very short. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you said you were very upset because you couldn't speak to people. Yeah. The best way to learn is just to speak, right? Yeah, just to speak. Is that what you and, found too? Yeah, and just hear and hear. <laughs> to radio, to television, and, and that's all. <laughs> exactly. When I first got to Germany, I couldn't speak German at all either. And I spent the first three months writing to my father every single day saying, what was I thinking? It's tough to be away from home and then not to speak the language makes life doubly difficult. But I also know people who come here but are embarrassed to try to speak German with the natives. I think it's really important to get over that shyness, to get over the worry that you won't be perfect, and just try. It's how we learned our native languages as children, so it makes sense that we would learn a second language the same way. And just like Vanessa, I watched a lot of television. It really helped me learn more current vocabulary. I think I also mentioned sometime before that I had dated a Spaniard in college. He too was from the Basque region of Spain and could speak Euskera. And before anybody asks, no, I never learned it, it's too hard. <laughs> Euskera is actually a language that predates the Indo-European Romance languages, and it's an isolated language just like Hungarian and Finnish. If anyone is interested in finding out more about Euskera or any of the composers Vanessa mentioned, I'll post links to the information that I found in the blog. That's our show for today. If you'd like to know more about Vanessa Gorkoechea, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.